0: Well, good morning everybody. If I've never met you before, my name is Mike, it's an honor to welcome you here to Northstar for week 2 of this series called Worth It, where we talk about this chapter in the book of Hebrews and what it has to do with all of us. How many of you football seasons already lasted long enough for your team to disappoint you? Raise your hand. Oh my gosh. Two games in, I'm like, okay, it's just like every other year. But anyways, so we're really glad. We will, hopefully won't disappoint you this morning. If you got your Bibles, go ahead and take them out and turn to the book of Hebrews. Hebrews 2 is where we're going to camp out and spend our time this morning. Hebrews chapter 2. If you've got your North Star Church app, you can pull that out, go to North Star Church Georgia in the App Store, and uh, it will download for you, and all the notes are in there, and that'll help us as we work our way along. So if you missed last Sunday, let's do a little look back. To catch us up and bring us up to speed On what you may have missed last week Number one, the writer of Hebrews We don't know who he was It's interesting um, You'd think most, most books in the Bible We've got a pretty good idea Who wrote them Hebrews is a mystery we don't we don't know but here's the importance of that if God wanted us to know who wrote the book of Hebrews He would have let us know he didn't let us know therefore the content is the importance So what we're going to work through this morning is the important piece of the book of Hebrews the, the the stuff he left behind second thing was to who it was written to so this book was written to new believers that were uh, Jews that had come to know Christ they were second generation Christians we know this this book was written between 80 30 80 70 80 30 is when Christ left this earth 80 70 was when the uh, destruction of Jerusalem so it was written somewhere during this time there's a tremendous amount of persecution he wrote the whole first chapter about someone the someone he wrote about was Christ and why he's worth it. So he begins to compare Christ to angels, and he's saying he's greater than them. He's better than all the angels. And so he uses all of chapter 1 to tell us the story, and he ends chapter 1 by saying this. What a great salvation we've all been given. Don't drift away from it. Now, remember, this was a letter, so there weren't chapters, there weren't verses, this was just a a letter that someone wrote to a group of believers to encourage them in their walk, and now here we are reading it thousands, 2,000 years later, and so we're trying to, to decipher exactly what he meant. So some of the things he may share was intentionally for them, they got it, but yet we pull off of it for us Hebrews chapter 2 we're gonna start reading in verse number 5 and he ends where we left off last week and he said don't drift away from the salvation that you've been given don't let yourself be pulled away by other things let's pick up verse number 5 for it was not to angels that God subjected the world to come of which we are speaking it has been testified so he alludes again to angels and it has been testified somewhere what is man that you're mindful of him or the Son of Man, that you care for him. You made him a little lower than the angels. You've crowned him with glory and honor, putting everything in subjection under his feet. Time out, you're going, okay, I thought Jesus was above angels. He was, but we know for 33 years, he put on flesh. And he walked this earth that's the humanity you can write out the word of humanity that's the humanity of Christ that this writers referring to that for a season for a time for a period that you made him a little lower than the angels but look at what he says verse 8 putting everything in subjection under his feet now he picks back up he's been quoting out of the Old Testament now in putting everything in subjection to him you left he left nothing outside his control he controls christ controls all things at present at present as of this writing he as he writes this at present we do not yet see everything in subjection to him so he said as you may look around it doesn't look like he's in control he's in control but we see him who for a little while was made lower than the angels, namely Jesus, crowned with glory and honor because of the suffering of death, so that by the grace of God, this is a big one, so that by the grace of God, he might taste death for who? What does it say? Because of God's mercy, because of God's love. He left him for a season, a little lower than the angels so that he might taste death for who? Everyone. He let him suffer here so he could taste death for you. If you were to go person to person in any of our rooms this morning and say, what's your number one fear? Probably in the top five fears is the fear of death. He tasted death, so you never had to fear death. So here's what Scripture teaches. For a person that knows Christ to be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord, you die one death. You die physical death. You do not die a spiritual death. When your body leaves here when your spirit leaves here your spirit is alive and well with Christ he tasted death so you and I could overcome what we couldn't overcome look at what it says in verse 10 for it was fitting that he for whom and by whom all things exist in bringing many sons to glory should make the founder of their salvation perfect Through suffering only God would go I tell you what I want to rescue you I want to save you I want to redeem you I want to taste death for you so here's how I'm going to do it I'm going to make my son perfect through his suffering he went to great lengths so you never had to experience something that he didn't experience on your behalf. Look at what he says next. For he who sanctifies and those that are sanctified all have one source. All right, let me, let me explain what sanctified. Sanctified just really simply means to be made Right? that is why he is not ashamed to call them brothers saying I will tell you and he's quoting Psalm 8 here I will tell you of your name to my brothers in the midst of the congregation I will sing your praise and again I will put my trust in him and again behold I and the children God has given me he's quoting an Old Testament passage and they all knew that to all these people they knew that since therefore the children share in flesh and blood he himself likewise partook of the same things that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death that is the devil he came for one reason he came to rescue you and me and he came to break the curse of death and he was the only one that could defeat the devil he was the only one and he came to do that so he's going do you know why he's worth it because he's the only one that had the ability to do it. You and I, and we'll talk about it a little bit more in a few minutes, but we don't have that ability. And deliver all those who, through the fear of death, were subject to lifelong slavery, meaning we lived out this life. We never lived it to the fullest because we feared what was to come. For surely it is not angels that he helps, but he helps the offspring of Abraham. He didn't come do all this for the angels. He came to do all this for you and for me. Therefore, he had to be made like his brothers in every respect so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service to God to make propitiation for this, the big word truck backed up. All right, And so, to make propitiation for the sins of the people. I want you to write one little word to help you understand that it means covering. To make a covering for the people. Because he himself has suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. Here's here's sort of a, a little blow through chapter two. Let me tell you what he meant. He came and he put on flesh so there was nothing you ever faced he didn't get. God, I hurt. I understand. God, I'm tempted. I understand. God, I feel lonely. I understand. God, I'm wondering where you are. I understand. God, I have doubts. I understand. He, there is nothing you and I will face on this earth. He doesn't get. He came and put on flesh so you could know He gets me. He gets me. He gets me. And this writer pins this letter. In this early church, see, these guys were under incredible persecution by an emperor named Nero, and they were losing their lives, and they're questioning, should I walk away? Should I keep walking with Jesus? Is he really there? Does he really want me? Does he really have a plan for me? I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. I don't know. I don't. Is this really worth it? And that's what we're going to talk about for you and I this morning. Would you pray with me? father you didn't leave us this book and leave us this letter for us to just just read through and go oh yeah yeah that's good god you left it because we need it and god i could feel the passion of this author as this letter was penned to this early church that they're beginning to wonder and they're beginning to doubt and they're, they're beginning to question and some of them are beginning to walk away from the faith wondering, do I chase the angels? Do I, do I chase something else? Do I even, is this really worth it? God, you've got something to say to us this morning. God, use your word, use this time. God, may we meet and may we hear and may we know that we met with you today. And it's in Jesus' name, I pray, amen. So what's he want me to know? Understand this, all right, time out. Let me step out of this real quick. We could spend the next 20 years figuring all this out. I mean, we could go take every little verse and go, okay, here's what all this means. So this is sort of a flyover a little bit. Um, as the great philosopher, the country artist Jason Aldean said, fly over states, right? And So as he flies over, we're going to take little bits and pieces, but the overarching message he tells these people is hang in there. He's worth it. And here's why sticking with him is worth it. Ready? Number one, you got pen, pencil, something to write with, thumbs to type with in your outline this morning. Number one, I will be rewarded. He wants you to know you will be rewarded. God is watching, God is noticing, God is keeping score, and you will be rewarded. I want you to write a little thought under number one. Ready? This earth is not all that there is. This earth is not all that there is. There is a place called heaven, and in that place called heaven, you will be rewarded. Look at the way he says it. For it is not to angels that God subjected the world to come. We see earth. All right, let me let you all in on a little secret. There's a whole other world we do not see that's as real and as alive as this place. And he has control over that world to come. And he's going to reward you there for being faithful here. How many of y'all would say that um, there's someone that you love that is not here, but now they are there and you're thankful for that hope you have in heaven? Raise your hand beautiful thing isn't it i stood at a lot of funerals and and told people about that place but when i walked through that time i sure was thankful that there's a world to come and when you get there when you get there there are rewards revelation the whole other deal but he'll he'll reward you there's he'll reward you for loving your enemies some of you it's a big reward. You got a bunch. All right? And so, you know, he'll reward you for loving your enemies, right? He'll reward you for being a faithful giver. He'll reward you for the kindness you've shown to the hurting. These are just things he mentions in scripture. And to this church he promised a reward for that enduring persecution. Listen, they were losing their lives for their faith. It wasn't, hey, yeah, somebody made fun of me at school. It was they were killing people for their faith. Guys, I got some really good news for you. This isn't all that there is. If you are living for this world and it's all that is, you will, it will be like pulling for my favorite college football team, Georgia Tech, it will let you down, all right? And so it's gonna let you down. You're you're gonna think, this is the year. This is not the year, all right? And so it's gonna let you down because, because this isn't all that there is. There's more to come. Second thing he wants us to know, I live in a fallen world. We live in a fallen world This world's messed up. There's a Greek term, jacked up, all right? So this world's messed, it's messed up. I I truly, I don't even like watching the news anymore. I just don't watch it. People argue, people fight, right side, left side, everybody's fighting about something and, and yelling at one group, another group's yelling at another group. People are mean. They get on Facebook and Twitter, man, they're just mean. I was telling a good friend so you know especially you get into sports man it's like punches people's buttons and people go nuts they're crazy i was telling a a pastor buddy of mine who was calling out some calling out the falcons one time this a couple years ago and i said dude they read that stuff i have a feeling that six eight lineman you said was lazy if you ran into him you wouldn't tell him to his face he was lazy the other night, somebody, the Braves lost, and they brought up a guy. They, they got a guy from the Reds. It's more information than you want. Adam Duvall, they picked him up, and somebody wrote on Twitter, they're like, I don't know why the Braves have Adam Duvall even on the team. He responded to the person that wrote it and went, I like being on the Braves, all right? It was a great, it was a great line. <laughs> I was like, I wonder how that guy felt. Oh, my gosh, he just wrote me a note back. Here's the deal. Here's what I'll tell you. We live in a fallen world. From the time of Adam and Eve till now, this world is broken. Would you write that down? This world is broken. And and listen, I'm all about fixing it, all about it. But I believe God's word is true and I believe that it will never perfectly be fixed. There will always be turmoil. There will always be grief. There will always be suffering. There will always be pain. When the fall happened, Death entered, so people say all the time. Well, if God's so loving, why didn't He create a perfect world? He did. And people screwed it up. He created Adam. Adam was lonely. He created Eve, and they they blew it. She blamed him. He blamed her, and it just is all downhill. And death entered the world. And when death entered the world, here's some other words that entered the world. Ready? Suffering, pain. Loneliness, disappointment, questions, doubts. And Adam and Eve, they had perfect communion with God. And after sin entered the world, here's where you find Adam. You find Adam and Eve hiding in the bushes because they were in shame of what they had done. The, the relationship with God was broken at that point. We live in a fallen world. And everybody look at me. And I am a glass half full person. I am positive. I'm positive the Falcons will score in the red zone this year. I am a positive person, all right? I am I am a positive person by nature. But I'll tell you this, stuff of this world will visit your door and it does not knock before it comes it just shows up and it arrives when you don't need it and when you don't want it when you don't expect it your day was going great and the phone rang the text came the knock came and everything changed Why is that true? Because we live in a fallen world. This writer wants everybody to know that he's writing to these believers. And look at what he says in verse 8 at present, we do not yet see everything in subjection to him. It will look at times like, God, you took the day off. God, you forgot about us. God, do you even know we're here? God, why are you letting this mess happen? Because Look at what he says. I want y'all to put the verse back up there. Because we do not yet see everything in subjection to him. Here's a reminder I want you to write down. God has it. I want you to write that down. It's a reminder. God has it. I have to remind myself of that at times. God's got it. Well, Mike, I feel like I'm all alone. I mean, nobody goes through what I go through. So I want us to find out how not alone we are. If cancer has visited your family, somebody in your family, in the past five years, would you raise your hand? Okay. If hurt or disappointment about your children has visited your family in the past five years, would you raise your hand? If you have lost someone you loved in the past five years, would you raise your hand? It's just so funny, we sit down on Sundays, and we're like, well, everybody around us has got it together. Everybody around us, man, their life's easy. Now, look at this guy, he's so happy. He's so, he, he's just in a good mood all the time. Nothing's bad ever going on with him. Ladies and gentlemen, we live in a fallen world, and these are the remnants of a fallen world. I hate it. And you're like, well, I'm glad I got out of bed to come to church this morning. This is a real downer. Thanks a lot, Mike, for your help with this. But I do have some good news. Ready? Number three, I am forgiven. I am forgiven. I love through this and what will pop up on the screen verses 10 and 14. He lived a sinless life and he's the only one qualified to rescue me. He makes me part of his family. Verse 11, and he paid for my sins in full by giving of himself. And that is the word. I want you to write this ready. Grace. Do you and I deserve forgiveness? Yes or no? Help me out again. Do you and I, not get, but do you and I deserve forgiveness? Yes or no? If you said yes, I don't really know what to tell you, but anyways, so the answer is no. That's what I was looking for. You said yes, well, I'll put you with Steve Roach. He's a lot smarter than me, and he can talk to you later, but we don't deserve it. But we get forgiveness. A few weeks ago, we had all these boxes on stage represented $6.8 million in debt that the church was in 2013. And as of two Sundays ago, if you weren't here, didn't know this, that debt's been paid in full. That debt is gone. We don't send the money to the bank anymore. We don't owe it. It's paid. And that's good to know. But when you have that own debt of your own, and you recognize it, See, here's what I'll tell you about your personal debt, not your financial debt. That's a whole nother deal. I'm talking about the debt you and I have accumulated against God. Everybody look at me. You have no ability to pay that debt. Y'all do know that, right? You're not smart enough, good enough, pretty enough, strong enough, big enough giver. Your debt that you owe God for the sin in your life that you have committed that you will commit and will commit again in the future you have no ability to pay that debt and i don't know if you've ever been up against something and you knew you had no ability to pay it it is the most daunting thing in the world so tell you a little story back when ann and i first got married i was a youth pastor and Have you ever heard the phrase, poor as church mice? Have y'all ever heard that phrase before? We were eating with church mice, all right? And so we were back at the beginning. We didn't have anything. And our parents, her parents, my parents weren't ones that would just go, hey, let's just give you lots of money. We were just sort of on our own, you know I mean? We were figuring this thing out, making it work, and eating a lot of Taco Bell because it was cheap. And we just had Casey, and we couldn't afford really to go on vacation. And so as a youth pastor, I get asked to do youth camps and my first question always was, well, where is it? Like if it's on some campground, on some farm, I'm like, I don't think the Lord's leading me. And if they said if it's at the beach, I'd go, I think God's in this. All right? And so we would use—don't judge me. That's true. It's a true story. But um, And so we would we would take those camps at the beach. That was vacation, camp, all rolled together. you get paid for going to the beach, right? And so we had Casey as a little guy, and we would go and stay. And And I remember, like, the pinnacle was— Panama City. I mean, you know, they invited me to come to Panama City. I didn't understand then, all right, that Panama City's not the height of luxury. But anyways, at that time, I thought, man, this is awesome. We got to camp Panama City. God's in this. Go do camp. Well, a glorious thing happened. We had a camp for a week. Got paid for speaking. That gave us a little spending money. and Then I had family friends at New Hope where Steve and Amy Roach and I grew up. That said, hey, I heard you're in Panama City. We've got a place in Destin. Why don't you go over there if you can get the weekend off and y'all go over there and spend Friday, Saturday, Sunday? We had never been to Destin. This was like late 90s. No, this was mid 90s. It's before North Star. Mid 90s. Casey's a little guy. And we're like, what? They're like, yeah, y'all go. And so I ask off at my church. They gave me the weekend off. And I'm like, we're going to speak in Panama City from Monday to Friday morning. Then we're going go over and spend Friday, Saturday, Sunday at Destin. This is the greatest thing in the world. So we packed up the hillbilly wagon, and we threw all our stuff in, and we made our way from Panama City to Destin. Well, we thought Destin was like Palm Springs. This is unbelievable. And so we're driving down through there, and Destin really wasn't built up a lot then. And we pull up at this place my friends had told us the leathers glenn and cindy leathers we pull up at the place and ann looks at it it was evening by the time we got there we're like this is really nice it's a lot nicer than the camp i've been at all week this is this is really nice and then ann asked me the question of all questions she said well did they give this to us or are we renting it from them I'm like, well, thanks for screwing up vacation. I don't know. I hadn't even thought about that. And she said this. She said, Mike, we can't afford this. One night here will be more than you made at that camp all week. She goes, what are we going to do? I'm like, I don't know. She said, you need to call them. How do I call somebody and ask them if it's free? How do I do that? She's like, well, they're your friends. I'm like, okay. She's like, baby, we can't stay. If it's not free, we can't stay. Well, this is there's just ultimate humiliation. So I call them. Hey, Mr. Miss Leathers, it's Mike. Hey, Mike. How did camp go? It's great. Are y'all, are y'all there? Oh, yes, ma'am, we're here. Yes, ma'am. I'm just waiting for it to open a door, you know. Yes, ma'am, it was great, great week camp. It's beautiful, what a beautiful place. Have y'all checked in yet? Oh, no, ma'am, no, ma'am, we hadn't checked in. I just want to make sure, is it, in, is it in my name? Is it in my name? Oh, Mike, whose name would it be in? Oh, yes, Mike, it's in your name. Oh, good, 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 that's great. Um, so we're really looking forward to the weekend. That's great, Mike, that's great. We're looking forward to y'all being there for the weekend. It's our, it's our pleasure, that's great. Mike, everything's paid for. So she said. I know she's looking at Glenn going, he is a loser, loser. Right? Everything's paid for. And I look at Ann like, it's paid for. It's paid for. It's, it's good. Here's what we knew. I was like, you need me, baby. You need me, all right? I knew I had no ability to pay that debt, zero. And when I found out that debt was paid in full, we enjoyed that weekend so much. It was awesome. It was awesome. Do you realize what he did for you? Everybody look at me. He paid a debt you could not pay. You had no ability. You have no ability to pay that debt. And that debt kept you separated. That sin debt kept you separated from God. You are forgiven point number 3 point number 4 i can make it i can make it this writer wants you to know he wanted them to know you can make it for because he himself has suffered when tempted he is able to help those who are being tempted, would you close your Bibles and you look at me? Put your phones down, just look at me. Would you say a phrase with me? He gets me. He gets me. On the count of three, I want you to say, with me, he gets me. One, two, three. He gets me. He understands you. You're not a blip on the radar. You're not a floating amoeba in space. He knows you. You make it. Hey, this life will knock your legs out from under you. This life will make you question. This life will make you doubt. This life will make you worry. This life will cause fear. This life will cause turmoil. This life will cause difficulty. We live in a fallen world It's coming. And the writer of Hebrews knew this. And he's writing this letter to this church going, he's worth it. I'm telling you, he's worth it. Hang in there. He's worth it. Keep walking. Get up. Keep going. Heaven's real. God's keeping score. Don't stop. I know you hurt. He knows you. And Jesus goes, I know your pain. Come on. It's worth it. Come on. Here's what I'm going to tell you I don't want any of you to have the pain of regret of not thinking He was worth it and cashing in your chips early. See, it's easy to sit in church and go, Well, yeah, this all sounds good when we walk outside those doors. Tough stuff happens. Here's what I'm going to tell you, you knowing every eyeball on me, he's worth it. You can make it. Don't stop. Some of you men, you walked in this room today and you didn't pull your kids up to the, to the, to the couch last night and go, guys, I'm, I, dad's really questioning his faith right now. I'm really struggling. I really don't want to go to church tomorrow morning. You didn't say that. You got up. You, you came to church and you felt like you're the only one. Some of you moms, you didn't get on the phone with your girlfriend last week and go, I'm really struggling. I don't know if I can make it. We don't do that. Some of you college students, you can call home to your mom and dad and go, yeah, 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 yeah. I I just don't know if I can make it. I don't know if I wanna keep running this race anymore. I don't know if Jesus is worth it. But I'll tell you this, God got you here today. And if it may have been for only you, he left this letter, that's how he works to go, you can make it. You can make it. Keep walking, he's worth it. Keep journeying, he's worth it. Keep going, he's worth it. I'm going to ask you to do the bravest thing I may have ever asked anybody at this church to ever do before. If you're in here today in Compass, True North, patio, and you say here today, Mike, That's me. I walked in here and walked maybe even the past couple of months not knowing if I can make it. But I need God to remind me I can and to keep walking. I promise you, you're not alone. In the first service, well over 100 people stood. If you're in this service today and you said, Mike, that's me, I needed this letter this morning For my faith to keep walking. Would you stand right where you are? It's gutsy. I promise you're not alone. It's gutsy. I don't know what it is that would cause you to stand, but here's what I will tell you He does. And he's bigger than and he's greater than whatever it is that's got you boxed in that corner. Trust him. Trust him. Mike, you don't know the pain I feel. I don't. He does. Mike, you don't know the suffering that I've gone through. I don't. He does if he could walk down these aisles this morning and grab your hands he would tell you this I've got you walk with me I promise I'll get you I'll get you home for just a little while we feel the effects of this world while you're here he's got you Would everybody stand with me this morning? Just take a second. Maybe somebody you knew stood this morning or somebody next to you stood. Would you just pray that God would be what they would need right now? Would you? I pray your arms to wrap around each one of them I don't know all of their difficulties I do know some but God be their reminder this morning that they can make it in this world it's temporary at best but you have something so much bigger in store God thanks for being our living hope Thanks for being our redeemer and our sustainer and the giver of all life. God, wash over this place with your Holy Spirit this morning. May you be present. May you be real. And God, may we hold on to you with all that we've got. God, wash over our people this morning. God, when we leave today, may we say that I have met with the Lord. It's in Jesus' name that I pray.